0: Hello and welcome to the Right sweats the podcast for fan fiction, friend fiction, fun fiction, and this week, fan fiction a second time. I am Jesse, <laughs> and joined today by my co-hosts Leah and Jennifer. Hey, hey guys! So we're in the back half of fan fiction February. I can feel you know the pressure already leaving my body. It's been a real furious fan fiction February. Mm-hmm. And I think this week.
1: What were you furiously doing after last week? Oh, <laughs> oh my
0: god! You know, fasted furiously. Um, and so, um, so uh, welcome back, our parents, to the podcast. If you ever <laughs> were listening, hopefully you skipped last week. And I think this week we're going to talk about the logical progression after smutty fan fiction, and that's bad fan fiction.
2: I thought you were going to say shitty fan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> shitty fan fiction, smutty and shitty. Well. <laughs> The shitty is not always not the smutty ones, but like it's Dipper adjusting. goes to Taco Bell.
2: I'll give you a, I'll give you a one for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, this week we're going to talk about bad fan fiction, which I thought going into this month that that was uh, redundant. I thought just all fan fiction was bad, so that was the point of it all. So I think this week we're going to talk about bad fan fiction. What that means, what that doesn't mean, what that looks like, our experience with it, and so I guess I, we should start with. What is bad fan fiction, guys?
1: So I think we got to clarify, bad fan fiction is not fan fiction we don't like. It's not necessarily like, oh, this isn't my OTP, so it's bad. I don't want to read it. We're talking about things with real hard lapses in spelling, grammar, punctuation, biology, s- physics... Where the laws of the universe have somehow vacated the premises, and what's left is something that is sometimes readable, sometimes not, but just absolutely bonkers.
0: Yeah, I think when I was younger, I would have said, I would have made fun of bad one that were bad fan fiction that was just bad, but I think kind of something that comes with age is when you see a person genuinely trying and it just doesn't work, you can't really make fun of that person, but if somebody's I don't know, it's tough. It's a tough line because then if they're genuinely trying and it's bad, then or if they're genuinely good and it's bad, that still doesn't feel good to make fun of somebody. But it's one of those things that's like you know when you see it that you're allowed to make fun of this one. You know, <laughs> well, and I,
1: for a long time I didn't make fun of any of it because yeah. I when I especially when I was younger, you'd come across fan fiction that was pretty badly written, but also the fan fiction you were writing in middle school was pretty badly written. So it just seemed like, oh, this is something else that's normal and doing it yeah, like I am. That's true.
2: It was definitely hard to identify it for a while.
1: And I think it's something that comes with age. And I think it makes it sometimes harder to talk about because, yes, just because I'm more educated than I was in the seventh grade, who am I looking down on? Yeah. Who am I making fun of?
0: Yeah, I guess that's the thing is when I noticed that it's like, I know we're already getting into this, but when I notice, I can tell that this is obviously somebody whose English is not their first language or, you know, maybe they're young or maybe they have some sort of, sort of issue, you know, with sort of cognitive functions or something like that. Then the moment I figure that out, I'm like, well, I'm not, this isn't fun anymore now. (laughs) You know, like I can't make fun of this anymore.
1: Yeah. there, There definitely is a disconnect that you have to force in yourself in order for it to, to still be funny. And I think the way that I came to enjoying bad fan fiction, like really intentionally bad fan fiction, was YouTube. Because what a lot of people would do is they would create machinima from these bad fan fictions. What does that mean? Machinima is a video made in a video game.
0: Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah.
1: So they would make machinima of these bad fan fictions. So it was as much a visual gag as it was a word gag.
0: I didn't know that had a name.
1: Oh, yeah. No, machinima is a big thing.
2: It's a new word for me, too. And I've seen those videos floating around on YouTube. Never ended up watching any, but they're sitting there in my recommended. So I'm going to watch. That's one of those
0: things that I don't watch because they are so stupid. And I find them so funny in the most like basic way. And I don't it's like I feel like a baby when they're like your parents are jingling keys at you. Like it's so funny (laughs) in such a way I can't describe or stop that I just avoid it because I know it's not Oh, man,
1: because I love that. I love it. So I've made, I don't have it anywhere. So I'm sorry, listeners, I can't post this. I had a 90% done machinima video at one point. What was it? It was for a community college English class. And we were going over some basic poetry. So we went over Ozymandias. So I used a offline WoW server to make a machinima of Ozymandias.
0: That's fun. I would have laughed at that really hard. There's this thing in my house where if you're in the other room, you can hear my mom laughing this certain way. And you can go, she's watching a baby video on America's Funniest Home Videos. And it's, (laughs) you're right. You're right 95% of the time. And I get like that when I'm watching one of those videos. where Because it's something about like the broken English too is so funny to me. Like um, the one that we talked about just before we started. There's always how is Babby made, which makes me lose my mind. (laughs) But also Wait, wait um,
1: go go a little on. more into that for people that may not be
0: familiar. Do you not know that one? I don't it's a is it a Yahoo question?
1: No, I know what it is, but Yeah, I know it, what it is too. It's
0: good. Yeah, it's how is Babby made? And then it's it just goes on from that with just sort of misspelled explanations about how babies are made. But there's like a, a, a machinima or whatever, and I think it's like two cavemen like talking it over. It. And that <laughs> that one always breaks me. You know? <laughs> that one's so funny and then does Bruno Mars is gay is one of my favorites, but we can talk about that later. Cause I'm one of my
2: continue. favorites, just throwing it out there for the uh, world, is Pragananat. What's what? that one? That's the one where, it th- I don't know if this has some...
1: Oh! I don't know if this has a mission, mission Is that how you say it? No, but it's the video of the, just all of the Yahoo questions.
2: Yeah, it's all the Yahoo questions, people trying to figure out uh, whether or not they're pregnant. And it's just horribly like (laughs) broken logic or misspelled or typos. And it's just hilarious.
0: That's like um, when you see the one where the people are tweeting or putting Instagrams about their boyfriend's cologne and they misspell it and it's spelled colon. (laughs) They love the smell of their boyfriend's colon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was, I mean, with, uh, back from my world of Warcraft days, there was always someone who couldn't spell rogue. And so there was always a joke about the rouge. Oh, yeah. And so there would always be these fan drawings of people's comments where it would be a, a rogue with, like, really crazy lipstick and burlesque wear on. And that, so that that kind of takes it back to, to bad fan fiction because a lot of this stuff, there is a significant portion of it that is genuine, and there is a significant portion that is intentionally bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. unless you spend a lot of time with it, it's really, really hard to tell.
0: I guess... That leads into this thing I found right here before we started. And it's called Poe's Law, which I guess is an internet thing that some people have picked up. And it's, it's, it's kind of, I guess, like rule 34 or whatever, one of those unofficial rules of the internet and culture at large. And it says, without a winking smiley or other blatant display of humor, it is utterly impossible to parry a creationist in such a way that someone won't mistake it for the genuine article. And so I guess people kind of have taken that sentiment and applied it to other things, you know, like... You remember in 2014 when we were also naive, when we didn't know if Donald Trump was a joke or not, right? It's something like that oh, where yeah. the, mm-hmm. yeah, where the parody is so big we can't tell if it's a parody or if it's real because it's also crazy. I mean, kind of fits into the idea that we're living in a simulation, but that's a conversation for another time. Oh, that is
1: yeah. Let's save that what for the episode. Matrix.
0: Yeah, but like you know, unless somebody's blatantly saying this is this is a joke because also them, an intentionally bad fan fiction doesn't mean it's a good bad fan fiction. That doesn't mean it intrinsically, right? Right, it doesn't
2: mean that they did a good job with the satire or parody. It yeah. might it might still pass as they just sort of didn't do it very well.
0: <laughs> right. Because it is a genre unto itself it sounds like almost.
1: It, yeah, I would consider it a uh, its own genre. Yeah. Cuz there are things that when you read it, if you were to write a bad fan fiction, you would ha- it would be One chapter, that was it. If it were multiple chapters, it would be, like, each of the chapters would be pretty short. Like, these are not generally long pieces. Um, One of the ones that I always go back to because I think it's so funny is one called um, Castlevania Wisps of Dracula. And the machinima that I saw it from is no longer posted, but there's other ones out there. And it's uh, Richter Belmont fighting Dracula again. And everything is spelled wrong he announces his attacks, the characters' names are spelled wrong, but, like, you can also read the entire thing in one browser screen
0: without scrolling. Yeah, that seems like it's the trick.
1: Yeah, like, it has to be, like, quick, ridiculous, and then you move on. And I think watching them on video makes, with the visual gags sometimes break up. It helps to break up whatever hard-to-get-through language is used yeah. when it's just written. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think for myself it grew legs. Jen, what are your favorite bad fan fictions?
2: So there's this very iconic one that I always think about and laugh about when this topic comes up. It's called She Wants the Bee. (laughs) It is a B movie fan fiction where Barry the Bee and Vanessa the Human finally do the deed. (laughs) It's fucking terrible. Oh, God. (laughs) It makes no sense.
0: I don't know how I've never read that one. I'm That's right surprised. My, I thought you yeah, had... What's in my wheelhouse.
1: Oh, I thought this was going to be the moment where you revealed that you <laughs> wrote it.
0: Well, guess what, guys? I'm Jerry Seinfeld.
2: He, like... I have it pulled up right now so that I can refresh my memory.
0: Oh, yeah. Give us a little... Yeah, uh, give us a little taste taste. of that Ray Liotta honey. All righty. Let's see. It's a plot point in the movie that Ray Liotta has his own honey. Don't look at me like that. He goes, I'm trying to quit smoking and I have to... Use Chantix and make my own honey.
2: Here we go. Okay, so Vanessa Vanessa's the human woman. Just a reminder for everyone because she doesn't really matter Um, in this story. Like, no one's like, oh, B-movie, you know about Vanessa. (laughs) Anyway.
0: I know that she never answered if she liked jazz or not. Hmm. Does she answer it in this?
2: You like jazz? Wait
0: a minute. Can I guess? Does Benson the B go, you like jizz?
2: Oh, God, that would be so funny. And it's not in here. They missed (laughs) a golden opportunity. Jesse, you know what you have to do. (laughs) All right. So Vanessa blushed hard. Please stop staring at it. You're making me feel self-conscious. Just hurry up and fuck me. (laughs) All right. Barry readied himself before shooting off into the pink monster. (laughs) He He was greeted to a moist cavern. He wriggled around, trying with all his might to bring his lover pleasure. From outside this juicy little fun hole, Vanessa focused <laughs> her entire being on the sensations inside of her, feeling her body heat up. All right, so it goes on and on with some weird moans, but then um, she had a problem. She needed it faster or harder. Barry was incapable of doing so. Unaware of her anguish, Barry continued his steady fidgeting. So it's like he's just fidgeting inside of her, like a bee, like a bee inside your badge. Sounds great, right? <laughs> that only sounds terrible, but sounds wildly ineffective. Well, and at some point he like removes his like little bee suit and like anyways. he's got a
0: bee suit. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> what?
0: That's not canon.
2: <laughs> um, it does end with Vanessa shouting, "Shrek is love, Shrek is life." So this oh, one is pretty so that... clearly satirical or like parody, whatever you want to call it. Like
0: that really gives it away. I mean, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It does. Honestly the word fun hole kinda of gave it away for me. I'm like, who the fuck writes that genuinely? But you know oh, what? I, I could say see that it. it's gonna be out there. It's gonna be out yeah.
1: there. No, it it very much can be. There's so, another one called uh CB. B.
0: CB. oh, is that the uh, the B. It's Vincent. a Shrek movie
1: B? movie crossover
0: the Shrek movie.
1: Oh yeah. Anytime. I feel like with, even though there is that rule 34 of the internet that if it exists, there's porn of it. I think a lot of bad fan fiction lives in that area where that crossover does not make sense.
0: Yeah. Well, cause I think a lot of R 34 stuff and a lot of, and this kind of goes back to what we we're talking about last week and a lot of muddy fan fiction. I think the writer starts and stops with the idea that that's the joke that, Oh, it's going to be Sonic the Hedgehog fucking, you know, Shrek. And I think that's the beginning and the end of the joke. And and with yeah. R34 stuff, that works. It's, it's a visual gag. It works. It's done. It's gone with. But when you're writing, you, you kind of need a little bit more than that. Like, right. I don't know how long this B-movie one sustains itself, but...
2: It's very think, short. It's it's a flash yeah. fanfiction, yeah. for sure.
0: Well, then that's that works, then, yeah.
1: So, since it's your favorite one, explain your Bruno Mars fanfic.
0: So, I guess I didn't think of it as a fanfiction until this morning. But there's this website called bruno mars dot u s which is you know is what a real website would sound like, and it's obviously this person who I assume is is a little younger just based on the words they choose and maybe not great with English, which makes me feel bad about it, but something about it also works in such a way that I think there's an understanding of the language that is passable enough to laugh at, like I don't think 'cause there there's a there's a certain language a certain music to it that I think is so funny also, and it's this fan site about Bruno Mars. That just has, like, basic questions about Bruno Mars. Um, how tall is Bruno Mars? Facts Bruno Mars? Also, it, it has this article that has gone around the internet, and I always go back to it, and is The rumor come out, Does Bruno Mars is gay? <laughs> Bruno Mars is gay is the most discussed in the media in the few years ago. Even it has happened in 2012. But some of the public still curious about what is exactly happening, and to be the reason there is a rumor comes out about his gay? At that time, he became the massive social networking rumor, <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on from there. And I, it's easy to make fun of it as like, oh, this is just like a kid who did this for like a project.
1: I think it sounds more like someone trying to create a bot to write an article.
0: Well, it's on a real website, and it links to other like clickbait things of about the same uh, about the same quality. So I think it is probably more of some sort of seo farm and just creating a thing that just puts together six-year-old keywords but it's still so funny and then the rest of the website as i started exploring it has other stuff like that like facts about bruno mars and they're all kind of written the same way and they're kind of just a mad lib of things or bruno mars's age or jennifer lopez at the floor world cup 2014 i'm not sure what the floor world cup was but i don't think that was real (laughs)
1: yeah doesn't sound like anything real
0: that's that's one of my favorite bad ones if you could call it bad i think it's good
1: well that's that's the fun of bad fan fiction right
0: well i think there's also a second part of this now that i think about it too where bruno mars's fans are bananas people people love bruno mars like he's like a Beatle in the 60s and so i think there there has to be a part of that fan fiction we all agree that this thing is bad and then we make a bad fan fiction about it then we're just it's just a feedback loop. If we all go, "Oh, we hated we hated Valerian. So here's how bad Valerian is," you know. Then that what's the fun in that? I'd imagine, right? I lost
1: your train of thought.
0: Can you have a bad fan fiction about something that is already bad?
1: Oh, absolutely. Does that work as yeah, well as a bad fan sure. fiction about something Honestly, that people like? That's the
0: B-movie, sh- you know. B-movies weird. But it's I think it bad. would be
2: actually kind of interesting to find like, you know, scour the internet to find like um a really like sincere, good fan fiction that is like really well like structured about something that's just stupid, and I know that that's out there in the internet because sometimes fan fiction is yeah. better than the than the source material.
0: <laughs> I guess that was more of, yeah a question to you guys because I don't really experience it too often.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm because there's fan fiction for so much. There's as much bad fan fiction for popular things that everyone likes as there is. Bad fan fiction for things that people like, ironically, or don't, didn't like and enjoy making fun of. I
2: that's- mean, we could even, like, go as far as to say certain bad fan fictions about bad source material were made into movies. Oh, yeah. Although, uh, that's a good joke and all, but I actually fucking love Twilight,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, I... I saw all of them in theaters except for the last one.
0: Oh, that's the one you should have seen in theaters because that baby on the big screen. Oh no, I saw the
1: baby. The last one is yes, not the okay. one with the baby. The last one is where she's a, a small child already.
0: Oh, that 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 part's bananas. Yeah, where they, they she's like a digital person. Yeah, that's weird. Is that the one with the fake fight? That's all a dream. Yes. Yeah, that pissed me off. Oh, it does. It's a real waste of forty-five minutes. I mean, it's
1: almost. It, it, I get it get why they did it because in the book it's if they were to film what the book was it would be even more of a waste of time it was movie. so boring Yeah.
0: you know what they should have done is instead of the big fight because they they planted the seed two movies ago it should have been a softball game no it should have been like a sports car race because they were all obsessed with their cars but this, the softball game is so much fun in that second one or whatever would so, you
1: have been satisfied with a giant vampire softball game
0: yeah are you listening to yourself? So To a whole Muse soundtrack? No, uh, they would have Muse there. Like, they would have... Because it's all a dream. So, like, Michael Shannon... Not Michael Shannon. Michael Sheen, like, turned the Muse members. So, the Muse are playing there in person as vampires to this softball game to win Bella's soul.
1: So... Think if any of that. our listeners wanted a glimpse into how bad fan fiction starts, <laughs> the ridiculous premise is kind of the the crystal the crystallizing point. So what Jesse just created <laughs> has the makings of a bad fan fiction already,
0: or a good one.
1: Just a ridiculous premise that.
0: That you start lumping more and more things onto. You yeah. Know, what if vampires played softball? What if vampires played softball and it was treated like the Quidditch World Cup and real humans, muse, were there? Real humans, muse,
1: who were turned into vampires?
0: Yeah. By Michael Sheen.
1: Not his character?
0: Probably not. No, that character's weird. He's making some choices there.
1: Go on. That's fine. That's it. Oh, okay. So I think this is a good point to talk about the most famous slash infamous. Bad fan fiction of all.
0: My Immortal? My Immortal. My Immortal. Jen, have you read My Immortal? We we were kind of unsure about that before.
1: So I
2: was made aware of My Immortal... A lot later than most people who are aware of fan fiction.
0: Um, I was made aware of it, like, last year, so don't feel bad. Yeah,
2: it was actually around the time you were made aware of it. Leah was also my introduction to it, to be quite honest. Oh, oh, wow. once I knew what it was, I brought it up to my other buddies in my little fan fiction world. And they were all like, yeah, Jen, what are you talking about? I read that years ago. And I was like, holy shit, this really is, like, a widespread thing. And I'm just, somehow I lived in some sort of weirdly current, like, cave. And, yeah, so I did read it immediately because I needed to be in the know. And I haven't ever completed it. It is extremely long, but I have read a lot of it. That uh, is like most famous like clips and stuff. And I read the first like
1: I guess chapter.
0: So. You kind of have to read it all in one shot, or you're really like gonna never do it again.
1: So my my suggestion, if uh, any of our listeners have not read My Immortal, first of all, uh, it really has nothing to do with the Evanescent song.
0: Does Emily doesn't Emily show up? No, I, no, she does. I don't something musicians do show up in that. Though.
1: Yes. Um, but so I does think- Marty
0: McFly, Marty McFly. We'll get to sorry. There. I just remembered he was in it.
1: We'll get to that in a second. I highly suggest if you need to read My Immortals to get caught up on what we're talking about to read it in a group and to read it out loud.
0: Or maybe yeah, there, there's plenty of videos of people reading it out loud too, or you could probably read along.
1: Yeah, and if you have
2: or an introduction- office job, if you have an office job, I highly recommend listening to people reading it out loud on YouTube as if it were an audiobook. Um, and just like working a normal <laughs> day while listening to that, it really makes the day better. I promise.
1: <laughs> so we fun. first, uh, got Jesse to list, well, to know about it. We read it, uh, a friend of ours read it. Oh, Jen, who was on the podcast, Jen read it out loud on a drive back from
0: Disneyland and the
1: whole, we could
2: Different Jen than me, the guest Jen,
1: not
0: the guest
1: Jen. Jen. Yes, Jen.
0: Was guest Jen this Jen the whole time? Is this like a Tyler Durden thing? It's not.
1: Um, so she read out loud, and it kind of reignited my joy of it. But this was something that I've known about for a while. I did not follow as it was happening, although I do have a friend that was following it as it was happening. When
0: was it happening? Because I see here it says published March twenty eleven, but I know it's been like taken on and off of sites a lot. So is there a true like published date?
1: Yeah, so it was published between two thousand and six and two thousand and seven.
0: Oh, okay. So were you in high school or was this after high school? I
1: was in high school. I did not read it until after high oh, school. Okay. I probably read it when I was twenty.
0: Okay, so a couple years later.
1: Yeah. But I had I I definitely knew of people that had, had read it and it was something that in my circle of friends was very popular and very, very funny. Uh-huh. Um so My Immortal is a Harry Potter fan fiction. Um and the main character is not a regular Harry Potter character. She's an original character named Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. Which starting there, you know <laughs> you've gone absolutely off the rails already. So a lot of the characters are <gasps> gothic versions or gothic if we're gonna speak in the in the uh language of the fic uh the thick versions <laughs> of, yeah, of Harry Potter characters. So Harry Potter is a vampire and now goes by Vampire Potter.
0: Doesn't he change his, don't they change his name to something that's like cooler later?
1: Oh, I think he does, but I don't remember what it is right now. But yeah, so he's Vampire Potter. (laughs) I think Hermione is Bloody Mary. But uh, by the by the time you get into the middle of it, it really doesn't matter who any of them are as Harry Potter characters because they're just ridiculous. You have
0: to yeah, you have to keep track of who the character are like in that scene that they're in. Like you can't track back to remember what Harry Potter was doing at the beginning. It's like what did he do a minute ago? Because that's who his character is now. Yeah. Name, including how he looks.
1: And I think Draco is is always draco draco malfoy is always draco to kind of start to get everyone uh excited about this i'm gonna read the first paragraph famous first paragraph of uh my immortal so hi my name is ebony Harkness, dementia ravenway and i have long ebony black hair that's how i got my name with purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears and a lot of people tell me i look like amy lee author's note if you don't know if you don't know who she is get to hell out of here i'm not related to gerard way but i wish i was because he's a major fucking hottie i'm a vampire but my teeth are straight and white i have pale white skin i'm also a witch and i go to a magic school called hogwarts in england where i'm in the seventh year i'm 17 i'm a goth in case you couldn't tell and i wear mostly black i love hot topic and i buy all my clothes from there For an example, today I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it and a leather mini skirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining and there was no sun, which I was very happy about. A lot of
0: preps stared at me.
1: I put up my middle finger at them. (laughs) It's always those fucking
0: preps. They just need to get out of here. The author's note at the beginning of the chapter, too.
1: That's right. Author's note. Special fangs. Get it because I'm gothic. To my GF. Ew, not in that way. Braven, Bloody tears. 666 for helping me with the story and spelling. You rock. Just in the love of my deprising life. You rock, too. MCR
0: rocks. Because I think that's the, those are the keys to understanding this is all the author's notes, because I think I think it's a intentionally bad fan fiction making fun of somebody the author knows specifically. And I think it's a I think it's a passive aggressive thing that's them making fun of their friend who genuinely wrote stuff like this, which they also genuinely wrote stuff like this. And then she started making fun of her friend and then things started turning on them and they started becoming frenemies. Like I R. L. And then the joke kept going to the point where then they weren't friends. I've overthought it a lot though. Is
1: that the is that the Hold on, progression? pause the real fast? Hold on. So we've got a special guest on the podcast, listener, Ronald, my father, dad. Oh, hello. uh, I'm on the air? Yep, you're on the air.
0: Long time first time. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, In fact, I just interrupted listening
1: to the previous edition of uh, Right Sweats. The one one you're not supposed to listen to? Oh,
2: no. Well, I figured
0: I was old enough to get through it. I've just started, so maybe
1: I should turn it off. (laughs) Uh, I do have a question for you later, not about uh, writing, so when you get a chance? Would you please give me a call? I will. And to the many uh, thousands, if not tens of thousands of fans, I wish you all a good day and a post-Valentine's Day. Thank you, Dad.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: I really wanted to. I really wanted to
2: talk to him, but he can't hear me and see. He can't hear you. He can't hear you. <laughs> and I just really want to be like, "Hi, Leah's dad. Nice to meet you." <laughs> so we can stick that at the end of the episode.
0: Oh, it's going in the middle.
2: We have a special guest. We need to be proud.
1: Jesse's theory that it's a passive-aggressive joke went too far.
0: That's what I would think because I think it's. I think the writer who's writing is very aware of what they're writing. In such a way that I think they've written it.
2: I definitely I definitely got the impression when I read it that like definitely it's like satiricizing, I guess that's the word, uh, a certain group of people that are like this. And like it yeah. was mm-hmm. too on the nose for me to think that it was genuine at parts. But I also got really confused sometimes. Like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, it's definitely Poe's law. I don't know.
0: Well, then I think later when after she says, the, the author's note says, Because I think the author's notes are real life filtered through their ebony character, but also not real at all, but also maybe based on some stuff sometimes. I think usually like at the beginning when it's her fighting with her friend, bloody tears, I don't think that stuff's real. But later when she's like, sorry, I was hacked. That one written by me wasn't by me. I think then it's a different author. And it definitely feels like it's then a person making fun of or trying to, to emulate the first half. Because there's, oh. a, there's a there's a definite shift and all of a sudden the misspellings are way worse and all of a sudden like Marty McFly shows up and it, it throws everything in there. It's all kitchen sinky all of a sudden. When there was a basis like restriction to it, it was still absurd, but it was still a Harry Potter thing with a hot topic goth in the middle of it. And then it becomes just everything after that,
1: right, so what Jesse's talking about is uh my immortal was forty four chapters long. they're not very long chapters, but chapter thirty nine is supposedly written by a hacker,
0: and then I think even from there on, the whole rest of it feels different. It feels like you know it feels like West Wing season Six on where it's somebody writing f- like fan fiction of my immortal you know right <laughs> fan
2: fiction of fan fiction.
0: But I don't think the person writing the rest of it thinks that the other half of it's good. I think they're making fun of it saying, this person did a bad job doing this. So now I'm making fun of this bad thing by emulating the bad thing. I don't think it's coming from a place of of, of good humor like I think the rest of it is. Right. that makes sense.
1: Well, and for a long time, really until a couple years ago, there was a – no one knew how – who wrote this because it was on fanfiction.net – the username was XXX Bloody Wrists 666 <laughs> XXX. Uh it was supposedly someone named Tara Gillespie. G-I-L-E-S-B-I-E. Gillespie? Gillespie, Gillespie, Gillespie not Gillespie. P. Gillespie. Yeah. Um, and there was a friend named Raven who we mentioned earlier, who is Bloody Tears, 666. And no one knew. And that was you know almost as much fun as reading something that was as uh widely accepted as bad as my immortal was made more fun by this like quest to figure out who wrote my immortal, why mm-hmm. like what the story was it was the the so many people I know are into those like cold cases and murders and that sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's fine, but like
2: so this is basically a true crime fan fiction like, yeah someone
1: <laughs> someone tell me yeah. who wrote my immortal,
2: their next podcast idea,
0: but yeah, then I think. As as people our age grew up and started working freelance on Vulture and uh Buzzfeed too, a little articles came out about it and still nobody can find an actual answer. Which is funny. That there's there's some art some outlets with actual money and faculties behind them and they can't figure this out either. It's supposedly written by somebody named let's see here, Rose Christo. So some that's people don't know about that though. So
1: that's a new that's a relatively new thing. So about two years ago, uh, someone came forward and in their memoir, they claim to have uh, co-wrote My Immortal. Um, it's a person named Rose Christo. And in her book, she talks about being in foster care and abuse and, you know, a lot of really harrowing things. And My Immortal seems to be part of that.
2: Although it ended up being with Rose Christo that she had forged documents of her identity. <clears throat> and so her memoir was canceled.
1: Oh.
0: Oh. So I don't know
2: I don't know where it went from there, but I did learn that from a Vox article that I have up right now. Well
0: it also feels like it's also one of those things where it's like it's fun to find who the author is, but any answer is going to be disappointing. Because if it if the answer is not ebony darkness gerard way was a real person who exists the same as in the book and she just wrote her thoughts then every other answer is going to be a disappointment because if somebody goes oh yeah this was a joke then that's no fun and then somebody goes yeah i'm being genuine you're just like what's the matter you know so like there's no there's no fulfilling it's like it's like when carly simon you know told everyone that warren Beatty was what that song was about we're like okay cool yeah you know
1: so but yeah once that came out once the book got canceled and there was um kind of questions about her, the factuality of her identity and her story, it also kind of threw back into question whether or not she wrote My Immortal. So it almost sucked the fun out of it in a lot of ways yeah. because now you have the conversation with people of, you know, oh, I wonder who wrote My Immortal. Well, did you hear about the book? Yeah. Well, that might not be true. And then it kind of ends. So the the trail on, on Tara Gillespie has kind of run cold.
0: Well, I mean, any good meme should be, impossible to track back because that's the point of it because a meme is no longer any shadow of what it started as right a good one at least one that's not just existing in like shit posting fields one that's like who knows who the first dum-dum who said i'm gonna put some words over a minion was there's probably an answer but that answer is not what it is
1: or whoever put oh really on an owl
2: yeah
0: yeah and that one is probably pretty easy to track back probably some forum on you know
2: 4chan Uh, probably, to be honest.
0: Something or something pre-4chan. I don't know. Don't know why. Yeah. Some video game forum from '97, but like even that, like that's still not what it what it became. You know, that that's the fun part of the internet, and also like how it frustrates things, like trying to find the author, right, or explain what the point of it is.
1: (laughs) But I think the 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 fun thing about My Immortal, other than it being poorly written, is for someone that tried not quite that hard but you know i jokingly refer to myself as a recovering goth and still like my chemical romance and i used to try to shop a lot at hot topic and yeah really wanted to live that um that dark lifestyle but in the way that was sold to me through blatant capitalism
0: that's really the sweet spot of the thing is is all the like mid-2000s like pop punk references Simple Plan references, Good Charlotte references and yeah, stuff that's like stuff that so was genuinely that
1: into. And it it feels like the most ridiculous mirror of my former self kind of reflected back at me. And it's, I think, other than the obvious, like, ridiculousness of what if Harry Potter was a vampire, it's really, I think I end up laughing at myself more than I end up laughing at the writing. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a little bit of like, well, I, I don't have anything to show that I ever wrote better than My Immortal. I think that I wrote things that were better than My Immortal. But also, you know, I did have read a lot with characters that were basically a fantasized version of me that could do whatever I want with whatever characters I wanted. Yeah. And if I think this person is ridiculous, it's me just thinking I'm ridiculous or I was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. When when I think about it, too, it's it's hard not to compare My Immortal to, like, The Room. Uh-huh. Where the answer of who created the room is as crazy as you want it to be because Tommy was so insane, but the actual truth of Tommy was so doesn't make any sense. We don't really know who he is, what his name is, or where he's from, but at least like he did something and he did it in a way that was people like, you know, like if I made a movie, it wouldn't be good either because I'm not a filmmaker right so it wouldn't be good either. so if i wrote something like this it wouldn't be good either but they did it in such a great way that it's bad that it makes it live on i think so so yeah i think it points out those ways too where it's like oh if i did this i would this would be bad too but i would be genuinely be being bad at it It's like this podcast yeah exactly
1: with as my father said our tens of thousands of listeners so many <laughs> the sweaty people the,
2: sw- the sweaters sweaters
0: that's not great
2: no. <laughs> we really did not think this through what are, we what, uh, what are we gonna do about that we need a better followers name
1: no we hit, don't
2: uh, hit us up with your theories fans or, or not theories ideas yeah with your, with your name.
1: what do you call I yourselves guess. do we have any <laughs> other
0: bad uh fanfic that we can remember oh,
1: we have so much bad fanfic
0: go on Um, We locked it to My Immortal on accident.
1: I will say, I I think I've talked about it on previous episodes, but I will uh, drop, make sure that it gets posted on our blog. There is a series of bad fan fictions called Half-Life, Full-Life Consequences. That is about the, it's a Half-Life fan fiction. It is about the brother of protagonist Gordon Freeman. His name is John Freeman. And he has to go save his brother from headcrabs. And I first saw it in a machinima. It's made in Gary's Mod, which makes all the characters look like they have noodle arms. There are uh, real crazy animations happening. And truthfully, if you were to read the fan fiction, it's fun. But if you watch it in this way, it is absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah, Gary's Mod is a really great video game if you want to just be able to customize your character into absolute nonsense. Very first time I played with it, I was playing with Kermit the Frog. Just hanging
1: out. And in a lot of ways, you know, we we talked a couple weeks ago about um, uh, Cassie Clare and the uh, Very Sacred Diaries of Lord of the Rings. I think those would count as pretty classic bad fan fiction, too. Even though the lapses in spelling and stuff aren't there, they're just, you know, quick and dirty and silly. They're not meant to be prose. But I think that may be a hot take.
0: No, I agree. That's what I was thinking of a second ago was like, yeah, they're not... The only definition of bad is not just that they're spelled bad. Right. It could be that it's like, somebody goes, I'm going to make modern day thoughts into the diaries of Lord of the Rings characters.
1: Exactly, right. yeah. Or or fan thoughts. Yeah. As if the characters were having the thoughts of the fans.
0: But I think that would that one would be an example of a good, bad one. Because it's like written well. It's right? written she's like fine. It's not author. written bad or good. Yeah. And so I think that's that's good.
1: I don't know. So we, we've kind of, we've strayed quite a bit from talking about writing and we've mostly been talking about reading i would say what's it like to realize you wrote bad fan fiction in the past oh
2: i can definitely find my old uh fanfiction.net account uh where i as a 14 year old tried to write fan fiction about harry potter and uh i will say reading it well, there's this weird part of me where I'm like kind of impressed. Like, wow, fourteen-year-old Jen, you actually like wrote shit. You actually like yeah. wrote fanfic. You you were a writer. Like, good job. Good for you, fourteen-year-old Jen.
1: Point that even if it's not good, you've still created something, and that's yeah, more like, than a lot yeah, of people can say. I do
2: have like a strange amount of pride about it, even though reading what I actually wrote, I'm like, what the fuck was wrong with yeah. me? Like, holy fuck, really, really confused person. Like, I wrote of like, apple pie fan fiction about the importance of apple pie in the Harry Potter like world the fucking Wait, dumb shit
0: does that have a second meaning or do you mean actually the pie
2: no it's the real pie like oh, okay eating pie um and oh, pie okay. just is like very important like mystically. that's cute um it um it was really poorly written though like it's a cute concept when I explain that like oh yeah pie but no it was bad <laughs> uh, anyway uh just it's interesting because I don't feel any shame about any of it uh yeah. Not that I would like pass it over to my boss at work or anything, but.
0: Uh... <laughs> you check this. It's attached to your resume. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, but it's still. By the side. way, I'm Jen and, and uh, I'm a little bit internet famous for writing this when I was 14. Slide yeah, it over the like same. it's a
0: crisp hundred.
1: Uh,
2: no, it's, uh, it's. For me, it's not a big deal if there's bad fanfiction out there. Whether you intended it or not, uh, it doesn't really, I guess, matter because there's no. I don't know. There's no shame in actually sitting down and fucking accomplishing something
0: well and then truthfully with these fan fiction sites too and there's a lack of oversight no one's gonna you don't have to submit it to anybody for them to go oh this is good or bad the fact that you don't have to do that the fact that it doesn't matter and it's as easy as clicking i'm surprised there's anything like good fan fiction because just writing it as fast as you can and pooping it out there is uh, totally possible you know Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. And
2: actually the kind of how raw the fan fiction is because of that is actually in a way for me at this point, really charming because, um, oh, it's the most no, exciting
0: you know, part about this? Yeah. There's
2: no copywriters. There's no, any person like telling you like, maybe edit out this portion because it's like dull and it could be reworked or, you know, whatever. none of that happens. And so you see what writers create as they create it. There's no filter and it's just kind of a, almost like a, a beautiful thing, you know, in a surprising
1: way, yeah. I think for me, when I when I think back, because I I've had a thousand computers and I don't have any of that stuff truly anymore. That I think the biggest thing that I struggled with with Nanorimo was just letting go. Yeah, and when I was younger, and when I had this crazy idea about my you know OC and Draco Malfoy, like it could just happen real quick and you know, nothing was stopping me. Yeah. And now with age, with my own anxieties, expectations of what a finished product would look like, you know, if I had that same thought, it would get utterly destroyed in on the spot editing before it even saw any kind of light. And that was what I struggled with with nano. I couldn't get anything started going because I kept wanting to go back and edit. But when I was younger, like, yeah, it was quote unquote bad, but it went somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're talking about this too, when I was a kid, probably when Jen's talking too, I wrote a lot of things for like theater class, like the day of that were bad, that were maybe like fan fiction, because it is easy to go, I don't have any idea. So I'm going to put in this character or this person that everybody knows and that makes all of these shorthand for you all of a sudden. I had a lot of monologues I wrote as Greg Kinnear because I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but like now, I probably would have hated it. But the idea that I was 14 and went, hello theater class I'm going to talk to you as I'm as if I'm Greg Kinnear for 10 minutes just the audacity to do it I can be proud of even if it's not good the fact that we did it was something I wrote a lot about Dim Franchise Boys do you remember them in 2005 no it was always like four kids who never who were always on the tech crew and I'd always have them be disenfranchised boys. I can't remember a single song by them right now, but they would always be like checking into hotels and stuff. <laughs> I don't. I shouldn't have had four white kids do that, and I shouldn't have been writing it. But it was. They would just sing the lyrics to the songs, so it wasn't like they weren't doing black caricatures or anything. Hopefully, but I thought it was funny. But I wouldn't do that now, like I'm saying. But the fact <laughs> that I did it and performed it and like had this little like ragtag group of like nerds who would just let me do whatever I felt like is in itself. I can be proud of which then that's just fan fiction you know
1: yeah Yeah. what we learned is bad fan fiction is the friends we made along the way Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it's like bad poetry though or whatever we're like it's a way to get it out and a way to eventually get to something better too you're gonna you have to start somewhere
2: and it's like that shitty first draft theory except it's not really a first draft it's just kind of like the shitty first steps and that's okay like that's normal
0: well Leah it's like you said uh when your friends are like Sounds like when they're tired of a D and D game, was a goblin thought.
1: Oh, so that came from a. Uh, we actually played a D and D game as goblins, like little like, yeah. And we decided, just as our group, that the very first thought you have in your head is your goblin thought. So normally, when you uh, if you are running around and you have a torch in your hand because it's dark. If your first thought is to to take the torch and light the building on fire, that's your goblin thought. Yeah. When really you should be using the torch to light other torches to help guide the way.
0: But then there's a way that that like also teaches you then what the boundaries of and like later what you can't do. Right. Uh, and you would never have gotten to that had you not burned the house down, so to speak.
1: Right. Yeah. Like I think one of my goblins did a thing where she uh climbed up a ladder and then cut the rope behind her, but then couldn't get back down. Yeah. So she had to jump and take a lot of fall damage.
0: Yeah. And then that taught you about that, you know? So I think there's a place where this bad fan fiction really is like a rich foundation of something better.
1: So I think our challenge this week, since we are working on our fan fictions, uh, as stated in the last episode, to be shared next week, let's get some user submissions. So if you have... Any bad fan fiction you've written and published that you don't mind uh, us exposing, or if you have a favorite bad fan fiction, uh, send it to us in an email. You can email us at writesweatspod at gmail dot com.
0: I'm hoping to hear one from from your dad, previous oh, guest. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's probably got some Tom Izzo fan fiction. Tom Izzo X. Mike D'Antonio.
0: Are those Michigan State people? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: One's the football coach and one's the basketball oh, okay. coach.
0: <laughs> or like Sparty as a as an actual like character. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I think with that, unless we have any more thoughts on bad fan fiction, I mean, I have so many thoughts.
2: I think we could do an entire podcast dedicated solely to that. But let's go ahead and uh called this episode done. So guys, what's making you sweat
0: this week? Uh I'll start this week because I keep making Jen start. So there's a lot of things that were making me sweat and also not a lot of things. But I was listening to this podcast called the QA podcast, which as itself is not a great podcast. It's this real nerdy nerd guy who asks bad questions to uh film writers after they screen their movies typically. And I was listening to the episode this week where he talks to Paul Schrader who wrote first Reformed. he wrote Taxi Driver And he was talking to Paul Schrader and he asked him about any tips about writing scripts. And Schrader said that we have to remember as a script is not in the literary tradition, it's in the oral tradition. So what you're trying to do is tell a story. You're trying to say, this person does this and then this person does this and this person does this. And that. the idea of it being an oral and visual writing as opposed to a literary writing has really made me rethink how writing a script would work. And I don't write scripts so as to how writing visually in a more literary form would work, because I have issues with plot. And so if I think of it more visually, then that helps. And I don't really have a way to to use that yet, but just those those thoughts have been floating around a lot lately for the past week.
1: Well, I think even with your piece that you were working on for Nano, any of your like set descriptors were just more mood descriptors.
0: Yeah, and that and then that that works into the visual thing too. So if I right. think of plot in a visual manner too, then I think that could be helpful. I haven't utilized it yet, but but just that that idea just kind of been incubating a little bit about what that would look like. I mean, like literally look like, and what that would do.
1: So my what's making me sweat is way less thoughtful than.
0: Was making you sweat. To be to be fair, everyone, she took mine first, so I couldn't say it. So I'm not.
2: Kind of... <laughs> All right. So you have an intellectual one, but really, the truth. I was forced is, yeah, to. So we were sweating one. this.
1: Yeah, this is the goblin sweat. And uh, so for Valentine's Day, we had the Jens over. We made dinner. I made heart shaped savory cheesecake, heart shaped potatoes. We went full. And so then, of course, you have to watch a rom com because it's Valentine's Day. So we watched Failure to Launch, which I had never seen. And Jesse was insistent was absolutely bonkers. Uh, I think it ties in super well with this week because it truly is the bad fan fiction of rom-coms.
0: It's like a bad, bad fan fiction, not even a good bad.
1: It is completely insane. Matthew McConaughey's character is attacked by four different animals.
0: Four. Uh, Yeah, four. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a chipmunk, a dolphin... A iguana. iguana. He's not attacked by the mockingbird. That's right. Yeah.
0: Zoe Duchesneau is attached by the mockingbird.
1: Justin Bartha gives mouth to mouth to a mockingbird.
0: A lot of animals. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then the dolphin comes back and hugs McConaughey at the end of it. Yeah. That
1: actually sounds beautiful. I wish it was, but it is not.
0: (laughs) Because he's like, oh, I need a fluidation device. And then the dolphin comes like, I think I'm all right now. I guess it teaches (laughs) him how to float. So,
1: yeah. I'm it's supposed what? to be that Matthew McConaughey's character is at odds with nature.
0: Because he won't move out of Terry Bradshaw's house.
1: Yeah, Terry Bradshaw, Kathy Bates' house.
0: Jen, have you seen this movie? Absolutely not. Oh, it, oh I, I, we could fail you to, to launch Cast. Movie. I could do it for months. It's such a weird movie. It's
1: such a weird movie. And just the the various facets of regular rom coms that it tries to play on, but for whatever reason, you know, doesn't quite deliver on well
0: it does what a bad bad fan fiction might do and it pushes the boundaries to such a way where it just then breaks everything and you can't quite look at it the same again it's it's a fan fiction that is bad and they're the writers mad at the thing they're being bad about like they're just shitting on it like it's just destroying this thing as opposed to being like lovingly like here's some absurd things about the thing yeah right, right,
1: right but that's the thing is in watching it i i can't tell at what point it's intentionally shitting on it or at what point the Hollywood formula just didn't work. So like yeah. the protagonists are Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker, both of whom are too tan to look real.
0: And both of whom disappear for 40 minutes in the middle of the movie.
1: Right. Sarah Je- Jessica Parker's best friend or only friend.
0: No, that's her sister. Did you not get that? No. Yeah, Zoe Duchanel is her sister. You know oh. how they look like they could be sisters? You know how one's, like, short and, like, dark and the other one's, like, tall and looks like a golden retriever?
1: Oh, my gosh. That is – I did not catch that.
0: Yeah, they're sisters.
1: Yeah. And then, like, Matthew McConaughey's friends who go by Ace and uh, scr-
0: Demo. Scr- scr-
1: um Are Ooch. played by Justin Bartha and Bradley Cooper. B Coop. Yeah. A baby
0: Bradley Cooper. Jackson Maine.
1: And they all, like, in a different movie, they are the friends in Zoolander who die in a gasoline fire.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's exactly how they act. And there's a 30-minute scene in the middle where it's just Duchenne and Bartha just hunting a bird.
1: Hunting a bird.
0: That's the stuff that works for me. Almost killing and the bird. Really well.
1: And giving it mouth to mouth. Because awesome. you know how you can give a bird mouth to mouth. Oh,
0: that stuff's so good. That's such a great, like, mid-2000s, like, mid-level comedy stuff. Then so all this the rest is what of I'm it.
1: saying, that we're both sweating the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really hard sweating this movie. Jesse, you're way more excited talking about this than you were your intellectual bullshit.
0: <laughs> I saw this movie the, the, in theaters when it came out. So I've been thinking about it for 12 years now, 13 years now. Yeah, it's bonkers. So, (laughs) what's all right? All right. All right.
1: (laughs) But I did have an idea, and I'm putting it out on the podcast that way. If anyone does it, um, they have to credit me. But I think we need to start taking like video of cars, various linking cars, and instead of the voiceovers that Matthew McConaughey does in the commercials, we need to just put lines from his movies where he's just kind of trying to wax poetic. That would be funny. It would be so funny.
0: But not like the ones from like True Detective where it's like written well. No, 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 no. Or like Mud or anything, but like, yeah. Or him yelling on stage in Magic Mike.
1: Yeah. Well, that would be I still think
0: that's one of his best performances.
1: Anyways, Jen, (laughs) what's making you sweat? Well, um, for me. Which
0: uh, which Korean soap opera is it this week?
2: Actually, today I'm not bringing a Korean soap opera this week. I'm pretty proud. Um, So this week I actually read a book.
1: Ooh,
0: <laughs>
2: all right, I so there's a very famous that. there's a very famous young adult author, or I guess maybe new adult author uh Sarah j Mass, all right, so I've been fighting Sarah j Mass for a long time. She gets recommended to me regularly in my little circle of like uh readers, and I just was like, no, I'm not gonna read her. she's too popular. I'm gonna be like resistant yeah. to this. And I've also heard like criticism that like oh she's terrible whatever okay no I fucking love Sarah J Mass her
1: work
0: is <laughs> so
2: good so I read Court of uh, a Court of Thorns and Roses which um is like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast so um i didn't actually know that going into it so i started noticing the parallels and was like oh shit that's what this is isn't it oh, And it fun. was. but there's definitely like there's definitely like uh, romantic tropes in it that are maybe not my favorite but i still absolutely love the way she writes and especially because even though it's a young adult book she does like adult things with it that are really cool like uh her characters actually have sex for one which blew oh. my fucking mind like whoa there's a sex scene all of a sudden did not expect that But um, mostly it's like the premise of this is that the character is a little, it's like a high fantasy and she's just hanging out in the forest and she fucking murders a wolf. That's a fairy. She murders this wolf. And so in payment for murdering a fairy, an actual person. She it has to go live in the fairy world and uh like pay out her debt. And uh so she has to live with, among the fairies who are like evil and like kill and you know, she has to I fight know. them and survive. It's very fucking good. I
0: love it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. That sounds
2: like something I'd really like. Yeah. yeah, dude. They fucking actually have real murder and death and blood and stuff. Like
0: I've noticed that remember we had that um Jen and I took a young adult literature class and a lot of the texts that we read were like dirtier than like adult texts like full-on like more graphic with violence or sex or anything and it was almost like a trope of the genre that it was it was more extreme than other genres it almost seemed but that's a conversation for a different time
2: well yeah i'd never expected it to be quite honest because i'm used to like them just like trembling and then having like a peck on the lips and they're like oh my my true love i found you after yeah quivering like after like meeting them like you know one week later they're desperately in love and have only ever used once So this was refreshing that it was much more complex. And I, you know, I actually just started the second book. I read the first book in one day and I started the second book and it's really good, um, dark. And it's nice to see that, that, and something aimed toward younger audiences.
1: Yeah, I think, and we could spend forever talking about YA, but I think the thing we're all most jealous of with YA is that it's not just, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret anymore. That's a good book though. No, no, it is, but it's a little. It doesn't have to be a. It used to
0: be just Judy Bloom, truly. Yeah. And yeah, it
1: doesn't have to be a coming-of-age puberty
0: story. Babysitters Club.
1: Yeah, it can actually be something that is fantasy or dark, or you know, YA gets to tell a much wider range of stories, yeah. which is exciting, and we're all just truly jealous that we didn't have it when we were
2: well, that yeah, that age, and they can just or we, we were they just want. starting
1: to have it, truthfully.
2: Yeah, it's honestly, it's really good, and no one can ever make me hate YA. I love it it's just end of story it's it's good
1: we've been throwing around the idea of doing ya all may so if you want to hear more ya
0: let us know on facebook
2: um actually fucking shout out from me i vote yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go
0: yeah young ya y- may
1: ya all may
0: Jen, and i have a lot to talk about with that but we can deal with that in may all right so i think with that that does it for another episode of the Right Sweats Podcast.
1: Mopped our sweat up off the floor.
0: All clean. No one's going to slip. So remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Spotify, all the other things.
1: I would say you can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Make sure to leave us a comment on our Facebook if you like it and email us with your your or your favorite bad fanfiction at rightsweatspod at gmail.com.
0: Absolutely guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.